welcome to Dynasty as they want to be a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series, Dynasty. I'm your host, Tarek J. Lang, and with me is my co-host, Kyler K. Jafari. So we went to see Stevie Nicks at the, the PGA golf tournament special hot festival thing. It's called the American Express now. Okay. Well, I was avoiding the you know sign of the devil but okay you know she's still got an amazing voice i gotta i gotta say well my mom did text me and she said how was stevie nicks and i said stevie was stevie and then my mom texted me back which means exactly what well she explained (laughs) so then she texted me back once a rocker always a rocker okay well great logic from from donna lang sure that's fine look I'm sure she's tired of doing the same 10 songs over and over. So like, I'm just going to write her a blank check because she's basically responsible for everything I loved about pop music as a child. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad she's still like doing her witchy thing. Yeah. And it was like funny because we were like in line, like to get a beer or something, which I loved that they were out of wine and all they had left was IPA, which is actually what we were going to order anyway, which I don't like love, love IPA, but you know, that's fine. I certainly would rather have a IPA over a shitty glass of hot white wine, hot Chardonnay, no less. Yeah. But like, um, the women in front of us were, they were like wearing like black trench coats with shaggy black fur collars and they had the you know, Trans Am red fingernails. They were super fans. Yeah, they were like ultra fans. I think they just follow Stevie around every like golf tournament. But you know, plays, it's huh? it's like it's nice to know that like there's still a following and like people are out there and ready for her. And I just think that's great. So yeah, totally. Well, speaking of legends, um, if you haven't heard it yet, listeners, we released our bonus episode with my phone conversation with Dame Joan Collins. Kyler, what did what did you think? You didn't get to participate in this in this conversation. Were you having a little bit of FOMO after you heard the uh, bonus no, episode? No, I was having JOMO. I was having joy <laughs> of missing out. No, I, I feel like you were just basically there just taking me down on all of my opinions. Everything was just like, you know, you asking questions that I always talk about so that Joan could say oh. no to everything. Which is fine, you know, because like, look at the end you of the day. You thought I was throwing you under the Joan bus? You even went so far as to, to mention the bitch and she's like, no, the stud. And I was like, okay, that's how it's going to be. All right. So wait, are you mad at me or are you mad at Joan? I'm, I'm, I'm angry at the sun. I'm yelling at the sky. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with all of that. But I, I think Joan is a good example of like a great actress that years later she's not really there to talk about she's not there to like dissect the corpses and she just wants to be joan and she clearly is but don't you think it was really remarkable because i started pressuring her i realized i went a little too far with the dynasty questions but she was very gracious. She was no. She, she was, was more than gracious to put up with your nonsense. And, <laughs> she was hospitable. I, I I can't even imagine. I'm blushing at what you must have cut out because what I heard was already bad enough. But 
No, I thought she was so sweet. You know, she wasn't just like turning over either. Like if there was something I said and she didn't agree with, she corrected me. But that's what you want from her, right? And she does it in such a way that it's like, you're like, please, master, thank you more. You yeah, know? I mean, I want Joan to show me how to be better. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not a real person until Joan tells me how to do it. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Well, and I like the fact that she realizes how, you know, she's done a lot in her career, obviously, but like Dynasty is a big hallmark and she recognizes that and I think she's grateful for it and is is thankful that it's still out there in the consciousness but i think maybe she learned a little from me too i think oh come on no i just think maybe she didn't realize that the show is still relevant and i thought it was kind of cool how she said she's watching it because she didn't really watch it while they were filming it so maybe one day she'll come and she'll watch it with us and we can talk about it Dream of dreams. Well, you know, I think think there's a lot to be said for, you know, when you live through your best moments in life, like you're not really like reflecting in the moment. You're not taking it apart as it happens. Yeah. 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 She is lucky in the sense that she can just watch what the, what it was. Right. We're not all that lucky where we can, you know, yeah. A lot of us, we don't have like a DVD box set of our, you know, our, our golden years. Anyway. That said, I've made a lovely cocktail this evening. Yeah, tell us what we're drinking. One of my favorites. We've we've had dinner, and this is an after dinner, and it's it's the Japanese. Um, What'd you call me? The Japanese. What is that? I don't know. It's it's a um. There's a few variants, but it's generally a brown liquor, usually cognac, and uh, it's heavy on the Angostura bitters. But you could use other bitters if you'd like, and and orgeat. Which is that thing that like usually shows up in tropical drinks, um, but like the real ones, not like the fake ones they make now. Which is an almond syrup that's like flavored with roses and vanilla and you know various strange third world spicings. Yeah, so it's sort of a flavor pro- profile that doesn't really turn up in drinks. Yeah, I mean it's a little sweet, but it's not saccharine, and it's a little deep, but it's not you know too heady. It's not dank. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love it. Anyway, well, should we take a break and get into this week's episode? No, I just want to keep rattling on about whatever this nonsense is that we're talking about. No, let's take a break. All right, we'll take a break. So I had to go get my hair cut and... I don't go to the mechanic with a dirty car, so I had to wash my hair, and I was excited because, you know, I'm very picky about what happens upstairs, and the results were, like, seriously sexy. What Kyler is referring to is our new sponsor, Sauce Beauty. It's a delicious hair care line inspired by the recipes you love. Yeah, I'm going to change my my routine they have like different flavors so the moisturizing shampoo is a island marinade and the moisturizing conditioner is a creamy house dressing so i mean it's basically just like pouring ranch all over your body but that's not what it is these aren't actually edible yeah don't eat them no 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 there's legit ingredients in here okay the moisturizing conditioner for example has buttermilk greek yogurt 
shea butter. And what you should know about Sauce Beauty is that all of the products are clean. That means they're free from sulfates, salt, and parabens. That's stuff you do not want to be putting in your do, daddy. Yeah, I mean, this is like my secret sauce it's not a secret anymore we're letting everybody know about it kyler and i are really proud that sauce beauty is supporting dynasty as they want to be if you would like to try sauce you can check it out their website is saucebeauty.com they're also available at amazon sally beauty and wegmans oh my god wegmans this is my favorite new jersey grocery store Well, I have to say, I don't know if I'm in a bad mood or what, but I did not like this episode. I think it's, uh, you know, it's not high or low. It's just, you know, it's on the spectrum, but yeah, not enjoying it as as much as I did other episodes. So I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So we've got, there is a lot going on in this episode. I will give it that, but I just wasn't. I wasn't jiving with it. I wasn't feeling it. It wasn't making me tingle down between my thighs. Well, you know, they, they can't all be hits. And yeah, this season's been pretty amazing. So, yeah. you know, and this is still a great episode compared to, you know, season one, while it was like aspiring to certain things, you know, I, th- I feel like everything in this season is still on caliber and including this episode there's some moments with steven and this whole like you know gay for pay it's it's definitely it's regressive you know so that's that's probably like that's a little bit on the side and then you have like claudia Ugh, that's the what i hate i'm so irritated with what they're doing with her right now same so yeah those two things are like like vastly inferior right now well let's start at the bottom and that has to be this crystal claudia blaisdell plot what is supposed to be going on with claudia i feel like nobody's explained it is she crazy now she's well first of all they've got her back in the gd carrington mansion is there nowhere else to convalesce in denver i mean it doesn't make any sense to me. Why is she going back Not to if that? You're looking to like House live of off horrors. somebody else's dime. No, like this is this is like the the way to be right now. Well, the Denver. first time that she was there, I think she was kind of like lapping it up and it was a sort of staycation moment for her, but this it seems like Dr. Triscani's like, yeah, you have to go to the Carrington mansion. And Crystal, of course, wants to keep her there. So she doesn't get arrested for gun assault. Well, I I feel like Crystal's like keeping her under supervision or something. And I'm not really sure why. It doesn't really make much sense. The other thing is essentially Claudia, a Sylvia Plath bell jar moment or something. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Did the bullet lodged in her brain make her crazy come back? Or was, is this already her previous mental health issues. No, it made her into a whole other character and a bad actress on top. Like, I don't know what's happening and it's it's very disturbing. And well, I kind of want to just like bury it. Can we point. talk about the turban? She looks like one of the characters from Tron. Oh, that's... I didn't think about that, but yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely like we're... Uh, you know, we're taking away her power by taking away her hairdo. Yes, Samson. So bring on the the medical turban. Yeah. And then the other thing is, is they're dredging up this Matthew Blaisdell stuff. 
I thought we yeah, had moved so on done. This from is so that. Over. Like even in Claudia's crazed imagination, this has to be like not a thing that matters anymore. Like why are we still talking about Matthew Blaisdell? Like, and then to hear Alexis, she never really even loved Alexis. the guy. Apparently, no, and like they wrote him out. If you write somebody out, move on. She had an affair with. I presume you know about Mrs. Carrington's relationship with Matthew Blaisdell. I really hated hearing Alexis say the name Matthew Blaisdell, too. It just felt. Yeah, you just you just wash your filthy mouth, lady. (laughs) Even that gingy detective, he cannot wrap his head around what the hell is going on with these psychotic. Can we we talk about the detective? Uh, He makes zero sense in context of this show. He's he's like off the set of like Kojak or I don't know like tj hooker yeah he, or something or like a hitchcock movie but he the way that he speaks yeah, he, is very he just does not segmented. fit in like on this show and i'm not saying because he's not fancy but there's something like just sort of like i don't know well i mean even, even his drink guy. order alexis is like can i get you something and he said yeah something <laughs> soft soft and not, not carbonated, carbonated. <laughs> who orders something like that? well i mean isn't that like a isn't that a euphemism for erectile dysfunction or something if somebody came over and i asked them if they'd like something to drink and they requested something soft and non-carbonated i would open the door and i would say Thank you very much for coming. You can leave now. I don't know. Like hot Chardonnay is kind of soft, right? It's not carbonated. Anyway. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think there's like much to investigate. And yet this guy's hanging around and in, insinuating himself. He, he, what, what he's like questioning crystal. Well, he wants to question Claudia Blaisdell, but both right. Dr. Tortellini and crystal are keeping her, you know, under wraps. And it's like, literally, if a judge really wanted it to happen, well, no, no court in Denver, Colorado cares this much. So they're not going to. Yeah. I mean, if I don't care, I'm sure the courts don't care. The other dead end, I guess, is Dr. Chapino and Fallon's relationship. So she goes out and flashes him in the bikini, which was like kind of a funny moment, but because he won't take her to the Caribbean for a doctor's conference. Now they've just broken you know, up. You know what you In need? one scene, you it's all over. So you can bang it every time you don't get something you want. Now you're behaving like a selfish brat who's been offered a treat and had it taken away. Now stop it. Oh, great. Fine. Is that what you really think of me, doctor? Yes. The thing with Fallon and Jeff is like, this was like sort of one of those weird things back then, which hopefully is not still a thing where, oh, we've been separated, but you know, we're going to have like some, some sexy times on the side and maybe that's going to make it all better. And even like Jeff is thinking that and Fallon and all of her. Well, he just got all horny seeing her breastfeeding or whatever, because all he cares about is having a nuclear family. 
Yeah, apparently that's what turns Jeff on. Right? He's apparently the the mother in this relationship. It's like crazy because yeah, his fetish is being Fallon born. like barely acknowledges that she's a mother, and then like she kind of has this motherly moment for three here. seconds. For, yeah, exactly. Count them. Yeah, it's interesting how he's like more matronly than she is in this relationship. And then he's like, oh, but we just had like makeup sex. And she's like, "Mm, we're still separated. Like, that's not really going to fix anything. So don't think we're getting back together. So it's interesting that like she again is like playing this sort of, you know, authoritarian role um, in that relationship. But, you know, it's, it's obviously not going to work out which it never was anyway so i don't know why we like keep getting strung along by the writers but there it is yeah nobody at home today or in 1982 is rooting for these two are they i mean they're terrible together they're terrible together she's not a great mom he's kind of a sucker but i guess it's cute that he wants to be a dad so that's fine but even there like it's not enough to like really salvage much of anything with a story with these two so this this is sort of like wearing itself thin um, and uh, coupled with the situation that we have with um, Claudia, like who's totally become like a robot character, like there's nothing really happening there. It's just all like words on a page at this point. So I don't know. And then then you get like the sort of like regressive melodrama with Steven and this hustler guy. Like what's with like writing checks? That's another thing in this in this episode. Like there's a lot of like writing checks, well, that which is whole like first, a way to make things go away. That whole first scene with Steven was baffling to me. First of all, they're in like a getting drunk in a diner and the music is so loud they're playing like Look, there's not a lot of watering music. holes that are open before 11 a.m in, in denver santa fe. Or, 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 sorry in santa, santa fe. fe you're right they're, we're still in new mexico sorry. yeah and like hello santa fe it's not like it's some itty bitty town in the middle of nowheresville like it's a legitimate it's, town it's a, it's a small enough town and could you imagine santa fe in 1982 I'm, and there I'm was sure no explanation smaller. of how steven went from la to santa fe is that on the way back to denver maybe maybe he was just like listening to like that dion warwick song and like just wound up in santa fe (laughs) yeah oh wait that was san jose never mind (laughs) i don't know whatever i'm too drunk to notice that you totally could have got that one by me but and then he like spills his entire santa fe But yeah, he spills his whole life story to this damn stranger. And it's like, I know Steven is like very sweet and all, but doesn't he know better than to just spill his guts to some rando? Well, this is this is another interesting, you know, like obviously we had like Midnight Cowboy like years and years before this, like like what was that? 69, 71, something like that. But you know, they're they're like we had finally acknowledged like that men were capable of like being salacious and selling themselves for you know you know sexual favors. So like you're you're getting this like bizarre moment where this guy's a basically he's a hustler, and I don't know if he's like taking advantage of for fame for money. I don't know what he's. Yeah, I mean he he realized who Stephen was and that this he is could why you don't write checks a diner ticket. 
Because the guy you're having coffee with is going to see your name on the checkbook, and eh, it's all over after that. Well, those beers were also two fifty. You can't. He literally had no other money, and then he thought writing a check was going to work. But anyway, taking that illogical maneuver out of it, like I don't know what this drifter's game was. Like, did he just want to fuck Steven for money? Or was he going to try to grift him? No, he was a total hustler. He was just like looking for a way to skim some money. That's that's all this was about. I yeah, mean, but when Steven didn't go for Because remember sex, he had that moment at the payphone? Remember what payphones were? You know, you like put a nickel in it or something and people would talk to you. I've only seen them in movies. Um, I'm a Yeah, but like, you know, he's like talking to like, I don't know, his boss or partner in crime no i think Who he knows? was like his 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 gal because he's, he's like, like honey oh, i'm this. gonna pay the rent tonight <laughs> after i go suck this rich oil tycoon hey off <laughs> yeah so well i mean obviously it plays itself out because then they're in the 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 rental mustang as they arrive in the denver city limit well i do applaud the denver pd because they were right there as soon as these guys started tussling it's just like you don't walk in the room until something's happening you know the police don't happen to drive by unless stephen carrington's beating the shit out of this hustler well good for stephen because this guy's not gonna get anything out of it i will give it it to stephen though because he's like uh, you've got the wrong guy i'm not i'm not into this i'm not there for that um and the hustler just keeps pushing it right yeah and then he gets his face beat in well you know hey look violence is never the solution but the guy obviously deserved it so so violence was the solution no it really wasn't and like you know here we go cops to not save the day like cops just never show up for the right reason or at the right time. And, and well, and we and got another damn opera. Carrington going to jail. Crystal's probably going to be sharing the cell with him next week. But, so. you know, this is another of that, like, you know, 80s ethos. If you've got enough money, it doesn't matter if you go to jail because it doesn't really change anything in your life. Yeah, the stakes didn't seem that high to me in, in this scenario. Yeah, so it just, it's hard just for me to Steven's, care about. You know, I'm not going to have access to his hair care products for a couple of days. But other oh. than that now i care Mm, i got super excited last week for the reveal that cecil colby is actually logan rinewood and then this week we get a little peek into his secret layer and then he's like having a heart attack watching the tape back and has to take some pills and i'm like what where did this come from didn't make any sense to me and then the whole rest of the time is him spent hiring tony to be his new head gardener as the audience we felt the same way when we saw that happening so maybe that's what he's i don't know he's like i don't understand blake's such an idiot who knew like this oil magnate was so bad at making business decisions also uh why is why is tony driscoll suddenly becoming like a big thing on the scene here like well he's the hottest guy on dynasty exactly that's that's basically why because otherwise he's just the guy who like prims the roses yeah i mean he's like the the roses trims the roses Primps the roses. What the fuck am I trying to it's say? It's pimps the roses. Okay, something. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Rose and why are you pimping her? No, I mean clearly he's sort of a Heather Locklear situation. You got a hot young guy who's kind of sexing up the scene, but yeah, I guess he's the linchpin with this 
miscarriage. I mean, nothing is ever going to get resolved. With I feel this like we as the audience are so beyond that storyline, and it's like, really, we have to like keep going back and touching this up. Like, yeah, I think somewhere in the Dynasty writers' room, they were like, yeah, we didn't really mind that because you've got Claudia mentioning it. And now Tony is this sort of key witness. Oh, they mind it, but they they got coals instead of diamonds. So I it, like I didn't really need more of that, but that's fine. Okay, maybe maybe this is like more of that. Like back then, we needed to spend more time on things, and we had a longer attention span. I don't know. Well, the one interesting thing that comes out of it is that. We never really got Blake's perspective on it, and I think Crystal kind of laid it out again. Did she really tell him before that she thought Alexis? I think I don't feel like she did. Like this may have been the first time actually that he knew that Alexis was responsible for his wife's miscarriage. You know, Blake is famous in the early days for his like real just asshole misogynistic moments and like kind of softened for a little bit yeah here he just like he slams her into the sofa which it's like okay it's it's an upholstered object it's not like you know he's pushing her onto spikes well and again violence is not the answer yeah she did kill his unborn it's like whoa okay um that's not cool and like you'd never see a woman do that to a a dude i love you i've never stopped loving you maybe not even now but certainly not in this time period you killed my child i don't ever want to see you around here again you understand that i don't give a damn if this house is in your name i'll burn it to the ground if i have to with you in it It's it's a little bit like makes it hard to enjoy the show because well there's nobody to root for. I'm not rooting yeah. him for him for throwing a woman down on the couch and I'm not rooting for her for killing an unborn child. Yeah, and like a race to the bottom with these two. We do learn something shocking that I didn't think it was going to be coming up this season and that's that they had another child who apparently was stillborn or aborted or died some way adam carrington that's a name we have never heard before well i think it was only uttered as adam for just a brief spell well i'm assuming it's a carrington because it's alexis and blake who knows now like she just throws around paternal and yeah she makes shit up generative names like all over so who knows like you can't trust alexis she's always brewing up another scheme yeah but i trust the dynasty facebook group and they talk about adam carrington all the time so i know there is another news yeah yeah there's another carrington i mean come on it's a soap opera there was always going to be another carrington right this is what soap operas do like they wear their storylines thin and then we have to start introducing new things but this i do feel like this was just sort of mentioned they don't dig in on it yeah it just kind of disappears in the dialogue right and that's something that i'm noticing they're doing a lot now is they mention something and they then see something and then like it, multiple you know episodes yeah, later. later it sort of turns back up and so, you know, that's that's fun. Yeah, I mean, the Logan Rhinewood thing was sort of like that. Like, it was very briefly mentioned, and it wasn't sort of sold as a mystery. And then it came back around, and it was, and it was exciting. And now it's just kind of... 
in the background. I, you know, I think the Logan Ryanwood thing was a was a bit of a dud. It's kind of exciting as soon as it happens, and then it's like there's not much to do with. Well, that. yeah, and Blake said that he's gonna sell off premium stock to get the common stock, so he has majority ownership again. And it's like, really, the solution is that easy? Well, that wasn't. Well, this is like okay, yeah, like Jeff is like there. Oh, they're having lunch at the St. Dennis Club again. My favorite place for crab cakes and chardonnay hot chardonnay yes hot chardonnay and jeff has got zero like creative ideas in business so it's like he's like oh yeah this is this is great blake yeah selling the the preferred stock for the common and you know blah 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 but it's just like this is more like like what what is jeff really around for he's just basically dna contributor to the Carrington family. That's I think he's there for to have somebody that Blake can talk to that's not his butler. I don't know. Blake does like his Unix, so I guess there's something to that. The other thing is that Jeff says uh, at lunch with Blake he's been tied up, and I just feel like <laughs> doing Fifty Shades of Grey or something. Ugh, he's not that interesting. It's time to talk about our looks of the week. This is the segment where Kyler and I pick our favorite ensembles from the episode. Kyler, give it to me. Oh, for me, it's definitely for a few reasons. But anyway, when Alexis is, you know, begging for what is it? Ice at the in the kitchen. Oh, the turquoise. Oh, well, it's it's I don't know. What is that? Head Teal, to toe. Mint, I don't know. It's it's a it's a certain shade of green, that's for sure, and it's it's paired with a squash blossom necklace. This is like kind of a look that it transcends shoulder pads because it sort of makes a little bit of sense in the early '80s, and it could totally, I mean, it's totally like mortgage broker attire from like 1991. So you could just wear this look all the way through and like skip the shoulder pads. And this this is a look that was around for a long time. It's like French teacher. It's it's like so many things. I just felt like there was too maybe much change the hair and makeup same depending. Thing. But wait, you don't like the same same? It was too much. It was like the belt matched the bracelet, then the bracelet matched the necklace, and the necklace but matched the other that's bracelet. All like and the- she was on a road trip through Santa Fe, and she stopped by, and the Navajo Indian tribe had a. Right, and she bought everything up at the powwow, and there was nothing left when she drove away. I wanted to like it, but it it needed another dimension. I'm going to say why this is the look of the week because this is totally unlike anything that's been on any of these episodes. And again, I think it transcends. It's it's sort of like it doesn't embrace shape so much as it embraces accessorizing and just body you know you know loose but body conscious clothing and i think the color is amazing and i think it's just all of a of a look that you know could be then or 10 years later i mean maybe i can wear it now but you know it's just it's not it's not the usual what we associate like shoulder pads and sharp dressing and expensive makeup looks you know yeah, and the hair looked a little poodly. No, 
didn't like it. Well, we've already said we don't like, you know, Joan's hair in this like moment these these couple of episodes i didn't say that how dare you put I those think, words I think, in my mouth well at least i said it the last episode and i think right now i'm not not loving it either i but. just didn't like it in that scene i much prefer her to put a hat on and if she's gonna put a hat on a beret and if she's gonna put a beret on it should be white even though nothing else she's wearing is white i just i don't know there was something about her day look when she went to go meet up with Cecil. It's also the same thing she was wearing when she was talking to the gingy detective. Uh, I don't know. It just, it seemed very prim and proper. And to me, it was all about that hat. Like she just thought I'm going to put a white hat on and sweep my hair to the side. The thing there is it's a, it's a sort of a suit, but there's a suit dress. There's no lapel and there's no collar. So this was sort of like a, new evolution of women's tailored clothing at that time you know and it wasn't sticking to the usual details oh yeah that silhouette was like ubiquitous that like round neck yeah and then it comes down it's like you know a lady blazer or something and it's you know she does it with the uh black opaque pantyhose yeah which cecil grabs on i i have a thing for forever so oh wow Mm. i know what i'm gonna put on tonight i mean even cecil couldn't resist so i don't know he latched on to those i'm sure when she walked out of colby co that they probably had a nick in them Well, that's all for this week's episode of Dynasty as They Want to Be. Thank you so much for joining me again, Kyler. See ya, suckers. And thank you for making the Japanoise. It was a delightful cocktail. If you'd like to follow us, you can on all social media channels. We're at Nasty Podcast. That's N-A-S-D-Y Podcast. And leave us a review if you enjoyed this. Go ahead and click all them stars on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever and write up a little something something about what you liked on the episode. And if you really love us, we've launched a Patreon. That's right. We've sold out. Go on our Patreon. It's just patreon.com slash nasty podcast. There's a couple of little levels on there. It's all self-explanatory. Just go check it out. Next week, we'll be back to talk about the penultimate episode of season two, The Two Princes. 